17 weeks, four quarters, 60 minutes, and it all leads up to one winning, winning drive. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Winning Drive podcast. I am Rita Hubbard, the NFL chick, co-host of Baltimore Postgame Uncensored on 105.7 The Fan with my guy Cordell Woodland of Shaking It Up Sports, as well as the Ravens reporter for 105.7 The Fan. Uh, Ravens beat the Falcons um, 17-9, in which we didn't have an opportunity to talk about because, you know, Merry Christmas and stuff. <laughs> but right. um, let's get an opportunity to kind of gloss over what we saw on Saturday. Um, I felt, Cordell, that that was a much more um, balanced and better play-calling situation offensively. Now, the end bothered me a little bit because Mm -hmm. you got cute, and once again, Greg Roman gets in his own head and just really doesn't have a feel of what to do in a game like that. But this is the story of his life, as far as I'm concerned, as a Ravens fan. Um, You know, his situational offensive play calling can can struggle. But I felt like prior to the end of the football game, I felt that um, it was pretty well done. And it was something that was necessary. You know, the Ravens finally had a situation where they ran the ball more than they passed. Um, And so that's essentially what the Ravens asked for. Uh, You ended the day with Tyler Huntley only passing 17 times. Look, that's what you need here. And then you had your running backs, you know, really doing their thing. J.K. Dobbins had. 12 carries. Um, Gus Edwards had 11 carries. Both guys, uh, well, J.K. Dobbins was nearly at five yards a carry, while Gus Edwards averaged nine yards a carry. And Tyler Huntley as well rushed for 11 yards. So that, my math says that's 32 times that they rushed, as opposed to the 17 that they passed. So that's what the Ravens should have been doing, I don't know, the whole time that Lamar has not played. <laughs> I'm confused as what took it so long for us to get here, but at least we got here, right? And in doing so, it helped clinch a playoff berth for the Ravens, um, you know, in, in turn. So that did well. You know, the defense for the most part, I mean, I don't know what was going on here. The the, the guys that you had to look out for, particularly uh, London uh, Drake London. I wanted to call him London Drake so bad because I feel like that's a better name. <laughs> Drake London, Drake London was the guy that was doing the most work. And I just couldn't understand because it's literally the guy that you have to worry about on this offense. And so for whatever reason, they allowed that dude to go off, but essentially only getting nine total points um, for the game. So it's still some issues, Cordell. But at the end of the day, I guess you have to look at it and say, well, they did clinch a playoff berth. It is a win. You got to take what you can get because at this point, it's not going to be pretty anymore this season anyway. No, it's not. I mean, you know, what you got Saturday is pretty much all you can ask for. They they double up on rushing attempts to passing attempts. They got 34 rushing attempts to 17 passes. Um, you'll take that on, on offensively. J.K. Dobbins still can't get past that 15-carry threshold. Uh, only has 12 carries in this game. And I would argue J.K. Dobbins probably could have got at least Five more. I mean, there's no reason Tyler Huntley should have 11 carries. He only had 26 yards. That's my one gripe, and well, not my one. That's probably one of two gripes with the play calling. Uh, like you, I did. I wasn't exactly uh, ecstatic about the end of the game play calling 
um, on that last drive, on that one drive in the fourth quarter where they really could have used that to milk the clock. Um, Greg Roman, he runs, I think, the first two times. The first time is a uh, Gus Edwards 14-yard carry, I believe, and then the next time Gus Edwards only goes for a yard, and then he wants to start throwing the ball all over the field again, and that ends up resulting in two straight incompletions and a punt. Um, and it's like I said, it's like they Greg Roman does not feel comfortable running the ball unless they're getting chunk plays on the ground. Once they stop getting those chunk plays, he has to he feels like he has to convert back to the passing game, which is clearly not there. I mean, they were able to hit on a couple of down the field throws, uh, the one off the script throw to Sammy Watkins with Tyler Huntley rolling out to the right. That was a pretty good throw up the sideline. The one to uh, Mark Andrews as well was a pretty good one. But other than that, I mean, those were pretty the highlight, pretty much the highlights in the passing game for for Tyler Huntley. He took care of the ball. I like that part about it. Um, I mean, overall, the pass game is what it is. He throws the touchdown to a receiver for the first time since week three. You know, I, I honestly thought, and this is with a low bar that Tyler that Tyler Huntley has set for himself so far this year as a starter. I thought that was his best game as a starting quarterback for the Ravens this year. Um, yeah. Uh, just just in terms of him looking comfortable back there, in terms of him protecting the ball, um, him not having any overly terrible plays. I mean, there were some inaccurate passes that he threw for sure, um, and he still missed a couple of guys. Mark Andrews in, in uh, specific uh, was a little upset throughout the game. Uh, Understandably so. Yeah, I mean, he's upset he's not getting the targets he feels like he should get. Mark Andrews was winning in a couple of one-on-one situations, especially in the red zone, and Tyler Huntley just doesn't see him or doesn't throw the ball to him. And, you know, you got Mark Andrews kicking Gatorade bottles on the sidelines. It was crazy. Um, But like he said, after the game, it's just competitiveness. You know, he wants to win. He wants to be the best. And right now he's not able to really be at his – best self some portion due to you know health as i like you don't believe mark andrews is fully healthy but also you know quarterback play is drastically down uh right now for the ravens so um i I do like the fact that roman for the most part in this game took the ball out of huntley's hands i'm not crazy about the 11 carries for huntley and most of them were designed runs huntley does not need 11 carries he's not lamar he can he's mobile he can move to a degree. I tell you this though, one thing that you can tell a difference about him and Lamar is how they both finish runs. Lamar does not get hit the way Tyler Huntley gets hit. And Lamar goes in the middle of the field. Lamar's not a slider, but Lamar knows how to finish runs. He knows how to lower his shoulder and not end up on his back. He doesn't take too many clean shots. Uh but Tyler Huntley, man, every time he gets hit, it looks like he's about to go into a concussion protocol. Uh yeah. and I I don't really understand why they keep calling these quarterback design runs for him considering if he goes down you know Lamar's not coming out there to save you you got Anthony Brown and Brett Hundley so you know I, I, I don't I'm not crazy about that I thought some of them were maybe misread by Tyler Huntley on some of those read options uh, he probably shouldn't have kept it when he did um, Andy Isabella's out there, and a couple of times Andy Isabella could have got the ball on, could have got the ball on a jet sweep, yep. and, and and scored. Um, yep. I don't know if those plays were not designed for him or if it was just a read situation, but 
Um, they Tyler Huntley doesn't need 11 carries. Like I yeah. said, J.K. Dobbins only had 12. J.K. Dobbins easily could have got five, could have got three to four more carries. And Gus Edwards, who only had 11, who had the same amount of carries as Tyler Huntley, had 99 yards. He's averaging yep. nine yards a pop. Give these guys the carries, not Tyler Huntley. If Tyler Huntley's got to do a scramble drill or take off on a pass play, that's one thing. But you don't need to be sitting there calling the quarterback design runs for him. Some of the plays that they really love to run as far as quarterback design runs that normally go for like 40 yards with Lamar are going for like eight yards with Tyler Huntley. It's not the same. They're not the same player. So that was my main gripe offensively. Uh, Defensively, yeah, Drake London had himself a day. This is now, what, the third straight week that Marlon is kind of you know, yeah, struggling against some bit. of these bigger body receivers, some of yep. these guys that can go up and make plays with the ball yep. in the air. Credit to Marlon. He had a nice punch, punch out, uh, fruit punch on the uh, fumble on Drake London. That was well-timed, a well-placed punch out. Um, and they needed it right there because Atlanta was driving. They were in sure. the red. They were going to be in the red zone. They were about 10 or 15 yards away from the red zone. So um, that that was a key play in the game for sure. Um, but other than that, I mean, the run game, Tyler Algier, he he had a day on the ground. He he yep. looked pretty good, and that was to be expected with Calais Campbell out. I mean, he didn't touch 100 yards, but he was productive, 18 carries for 74 yards. You'll take it. Um, Desmond Ritter throws for over 200 yards. Again, the Ravens aren't able to get an interception. If it wasn't for the Marlin punch out, they wouldn't have had a turnover at all in this yeah. game. Um, that's kind of worrying me. And the fact that the the pass rush is kind of dying down is worrying me as well. Only one sack for the Ravens in this game. Um, yep. And so uh, I, I just I just feel like the, the, the defense, again, played well enough to win. But there are things happening that is a little worrisome. We still don't know how long Calais Campbell is going to be out. Um, they, they're going up against Pittsburgh this week, who is running the ball pretty well right now with Najee Harris. They're going to need Calais Campbell back for that AFC North matchup against them. Even the, even the following week against Joe Mixon and Samaj P. Ryan in the Bengals, you know, yep. so um, I'm a little worried. And I think Calais has a little bit of an impact as well on the lack of pass rush. Not that the pass rush has been great the last couple of games, regardless, um, but it's, it's definitely a step down when Calais isn't out there. They're not getting that pressure up the middle that they were uh, before. Justin Matabike, he's playing solid, but he is not making – he's not leaving his his fingerprint on the game. He's, he's not, not Calais. He's just not. Yeah. He's not, and that's, he's not, that's he's not something game. to be – you know, yeah. And Travis Jones has played well and, and, and yeah. when he's played too. But, again, I think Calais gives you the – from a consistency standpoint, I think he um, it, it is more important at that position um, because he is so dynamic and because he's so consistent at what he does. So I, I, I get that. Um, but yeah, like I'm with you. I mean, I, I don't know what was going going on from a defensive perspective. This is a team in the Falcons that typically run the ball really well and um, in addition to that, they were able to pass the ball pretty well. I mean, Ritter literally had 97 passing yards the week before. And now all of a sudden, you know, he's over 200 yards. And he and, and the funny thing is, too, Cordell, when you watch the game, there's guys getting open. Ritter is really the reason why, oh, yeah. they're, you know, 
you know, that some things didn't happen. There was a couple fourth down plays where they went for and like the first fourth, it's either the first or the second fourth down play. I can't recall, but um, you got a guy open and he just can't connect with him. But if he get, if he does, that's six. I mean, literally. So the Ravens got lucky that Ritter's not that good, but ultimately it is continuously a problem and what is going on with this defense. To me, there's so much inconsistency. You're right. From the pass rush perspective, which is allowing quarterbacks to get this kind of time. And then, you know, obviously the secondary is struggling a little bit because as you've already mentioned, Marlon has not played. He's still not giving up touchdowns, which is what you want, right? But then there's some other plays that he's giving up that's allowing the chains to be moved. So it's it's potentially problematic when you start looking at playing teams like um, Cincinnati in two weeks who right now are playing you know really good football right now or if you somehow have to play Jaguars again in the playoffs or if you somehow have to play the Kansas City Chiefs it is something that's concerning oh, because we, you have you to know, find against, some consistency against the Steelers. yeah like when, you know so, Pickens got his, did his thing against Marlon the last time they played so yeah, I, yeah. you know these, these bigger body receivers are, are giving him a little bit of a problem right now yeah, so the Ravens have to find a way to to, to neutralize that. I, I don't know what that means. What's this situation with Ajabo? We saw that he had what literally he was he had one snap, I believe, in this debut, and then he was inactive um, last week. Do they feel as though that this is a situation where he's not necessarily healthy, or they they just didn't feel like it was a need for him? I, I I got a I got a uh, feeling that we wasn't going to see a job this week against a team that is predominantly that predominantly wants to run the ball. Um, it's, it, it probably isn't the time to throw out a guy who's really a, a big time pass rusher out there, especially if it was cold and everything. Like I can't. I'm making up excuses for them to be honest. Um, I, I don't know. They, you know, I, I think that he is not really where they thought that he would be at this time. I thought that they were overly optimistic about his return when they drafted him. They had it in their minds that David Ajabo was going to show up at some point around this time of year. Um, yeah, I thought that was a long shot at best, but they've continued to show that optimism. So I'm kind of been going along with what they've been saying. Uh, right. But the proof is in the pudding. You, you you see it out there last week, only a snap on defense. Um, this week he's inactive. Next week, probably going to be the same case. Um, you know, I, I don't really know what the plans for a job uh, are, are right now. Uh, but but you look at this team down the stretch, got Pittsburgh coming in. Um, this is a game that they obviously need to win. I mean, their division hopes are kind of dwindling right now. They've already locked up the playoff spot, which is great. Um, but their their hopes to win this division are kind of slipping away. They they're really rooting for the Bills this week because Cincinnati yeah. has been looking uh, like a juggernaut in the AFC again. So the Ravens, yeah. um, whether it's pretty or not, they just gotta win. Go out and you don't have to win pretty against Pittsburgh. You know it's probably the uglier the better uh, against against that team. Um, but as far as Atlanta goes, I mean, I didn't really learn much about this team against Atlanta, to right. be honest with you. I mean, this was a game where, okay, they took care of business. They finally got to running the ball. Defensively, 
they, you know, had a little bit of bend but don't break in them, weren't able to really get to the quarterback, couldn't really uh, stop the run a whole lot in the second half, couldn't really deal with Drake London really at all. Um, but all in all, it came down to them being the more talented team and them getting some calls to go their way. Uh, the, the, they Nobody could blame the refs. Uh, if you're a Ravens fan uh, this past week, because they, they, they got a lot of calls that went their way. Not saying that some of those calls weren't right. Some of them were questionable uh, at best uh, at at best. So, you know, everything just kind of rolled the Ravens way and they were able to, to get a a much needed win, clinch a playoff berth. That's, that's step one, clinching a playoff berth. So now we'll, we'll see what happens after that. Yeah, I agree with you. There was some home cooking that I ain't never really seen before. Yeah. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, whoa, wait a minute. What's going on? So you're right. They had the ball bounce their way a couple times. But ultimately, like you said, I mean, look, a win is a win. And um, they find a way to clinch the division. And now they are looking forward to trying to get more into winning um uh, the, I said uh, clinch the division, clinch a playoff berth. I apologize. Now they want to try to clinch the division. And like you said, you have to be a Bills fan. I know I know Ravens fans, you don't want to do it. But sometimes you got to do the lesser of two evils. And in this situation, that means you have to be a low-key fan of Bills Mafia this weekend. If you want a little bit of hope of trying to win <laughs> the AFC North, you're going to have to root for the Buffalo Bills. That's just what's going to have to happen. Uh, sorry to tell you, but that's how this is going to have to go and uh hopefully some luck goes your way so then you can compete for the afc north in week 18 all right before we get into our next segment make sure that you're subscribed to the winning drive podcast so that every time there is a new episode you will be the first to receive it so we know that the ravens have a playoff berth and uh it's kind of made this situation has kind of made the Lamar's never playing another down for the Ravens situation murky, right? Um, because we've you've heard people say that he's not going to play anymore this season. And I think a lot of people will feel this way because of the uncertainty at the contract um, situation. But now the Ravens have a playoff berth. And so originally when Lamar went out um, in his injury, they projected it to be a one to three week um, injury. So we are now at the point where three weeks, three games have gone by, and now the Ravens play two divisional games to end the season. Um, when asked about his situation, John Harbaugh was was very noncommittal and basically just said, you know, we will see how this goes. Um, to me, that's not very confident. Uh, I'm not really sure. I, well, I, I am going to tell you, Cordell, I, I am not sure – but my instinct says more than likely that Lamar will not play against Pittsburgh. But my so then what is the next step? Do they just sit him until the playoffs and try to just see if Tyler can lead this team to some miraculous wins? And by miraculous, I mean against the Bengals, because I really feel like you need your best players to play against the team like a, like the Bengals. Um, but what do you think happens in the situation with Lamar Jackson? Do do we not see him anymore for the regular season and hopefully he can play in the playoffs? Do you think he plays again in the regular season with two games remaining? 
this is this is just a crazy situation right now. Very unique to last year's situation uh, with Lamar getting hurt down the stretch. Um, I got to tell you, I, I don't feel great about the idea that we're going to see Lamar again this regular season. Um, Harbs was asked flat out if he's optimistic that we'll see Lamar again this year at some point. And he said, sure. But that means he's saying sure that he's optimistic. He's not saying sure that it's a guarantee that we're going to see Lamar again. Um, so I saw Lamar in the locker room after the game Saturday. He had a pretty, a pretty nice limp to him. Um, and then the Ravens put out a video on uh, last night of them of, of a Lamar and Harbs on the sidelines uh, talking to each other during the game. Um, and Lamar's kind of has, I'm not going to say a big time limp in that, in that video, but it's a limp that, you know, it's, you can see it. You can, you can see it a little bit as he's walking. It's not a, it's not his normal steps. Um, so I don't know. It, it's, it's getting, it's only getting colder. Um, yeah. It's, it's not, not necessarily the best thing for him. I mean, I I don't know. I just don't feel great that we're going to see Lamar again in the regular season and possibly even the postseason. And it, I mean, what is the best case scenario? I, I think it's almost a foregone conclusion in my mind, at least, that Lamar doesn't play this week against Pittsburgh. I would be completely shocked if he's on the practice field on on, on uh, at any point this week. To be honest with you, um, that said. What's the alternative? I mean, there's no. I, I don't think that they're resting him or anything. If Lamar's able to play, they're going to put him out there. Um, yeah. If they could be in a situation to where Lamar may not be ready, it, it, even if he is ready for wild for the wild card round. I mean, that's him going back out there for the first time in almost two months. You know, a month and a half or something like that. I, it's not great. It's not ideal. Um, and I think that even if he does get back out there for the playoffs, he's not going to be at 100%, which nobody's at 100% this time right, of year. But he's, right, exactly. He's probably going to be at like 70-something percent, I would imagine. I, I don't even think we're going to get at 80 <laughs> I consider 70% Lamar being better than 100% Tyler Huntley? <laughs> the thing is, I, I, if it was, if we were talking about it being, you know – Anything, if, it, if we were talking about this being like his his non-throwing arm or something like that, sure. But when it's his knee, that means Lamar can't be L- Lamar. You know, you take away Lamar's legs, and I'm not saying he's not still a good quarterback because he is, but he's not, you know, the the game-breaking Lamar that, we, that we're used to seeing. Yeah, he, he's, he wouldn't be that guy. Um, and in that case, I mean – he, that means a lot of his natural tendencies wouldn't be able to be used. He wouldn't be able to just look to extend plays. Now you're going to get a Lamar that when he senses pressure, just going to look to throw the ball no matter whether it's open or not, and that's going to open the door for interceptions or anything. You know, it's you, you just want him to be able to be sure that he can go out there and be himself because yeah. if you can't, then you're, 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 you're playing against two opponents. You know, you're playing against whoever it is you got on the field and you're playing against your mind because your mind is telling you 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 to do something that your body physically can't do. 
um, yeah. at that point. So, I mean, maybe Huntley would still be the better option uh, in that case, because at least, you know, you'll be able to kind of put him in a position to where, if you call the game right, assuming, um, you'll be able to put him into positions that can save him. But Lamar is going to try to be Lamar every chance he gets. Um, so I am legit worried that we may not see Lamar again this year. I've, I've gone back and forth on this. I've been asked this a couple of different times. Um, and depending on who you talk to around the building or as far as media that's around, you know, that hears things, it's, you know, it's it's a mixed bag. It's, it's definitely a mixed bag. It's enough of we are not going to see Lamar again this year talk to at least make you feel a little worried. Um, uh, it's dependent on who you talk to. People might tell you that they feel like Lamar isn't rehabbing like somebody that wants to come back and play this year. Um, and, 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 you know, I, I don't know, like I said, it is, it, it's really all dependent on what, what you're going to believe. I think ultimately time will tell, um, what exactly is going on here. Uh, but I am I am concerned that we may not see Lamar again this year. Yeah, at the very least, I don't think he plays Sunday. I mean, I just think that that's just what's not going to happen. I think that Tyler Huntley continues. Um, now, I don't know what, it, like you said, I don't know if he's rehabbing, and I don't know what that rehab looks like. Um, I, I saw, I think, that he was on the treadmill or whatever, but obviously that's not action on the practice field to see if he's able to really move on that leg the way you would want him to. Um, so there's that concern, but I, I'd like to hold out hope that he does come back in the playoffs. Look, the Ravens are nothing without Lamar, and that's the bottom line. They, we know what we see what they look like now with Tyler Huntley, and and so it's so it's so weird to me because, you know, so many people felt like oh the Ravens can trade away Lamar and get Tyler to start and get all these draft picks and and how ridiculous is that when you watch this team play how ridiculous look at Mark Andrews and look how frustrated he is and rightfully so because Mark Andrews like you mentioned in the last segment has been winning you know some matchups and Tyler Huntley is just he ain't even thinking about looking over there. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? So, and we know that Lamar loves Mark Andrews. So if his guy is in, if eight is in, this is a completely different story. So, uh, you know, I, this team is completely different with Tyler Huntley as it is with Lamar. So there's a, I mean, I, I really could be just on some, you know, overly optimistic stuff because I know what this team looks like without Lamar Jackson. Um, but at the very least, I, I can't even think that he would play uh, on, on Sunday. And the fact that you mentioned that it's a mixed bag kind of confirms the point to me. Like, if people felt like he was ready to play, I feel like you'd hear more people, you know, being cautiously right. optimistic and being like, well, he, he's looking like he's ready to come back. You know, the fact that we want some, I don't know, and shrugging is kind of, Telling you what it is. Right? And that's at best. Like, I don't know, is probably like the best you're going to right. hear right now, to be honest. So, so yeah. I, you know, I, I just, I don't know what to expect. But what I do know is that they need him. And uh, the, I, I hope that he is able to return before the end of the tw uh, 2022 football season because 
there's no playoff chance without Lamar. And and, to, and that's just where our, it is, what it is with that. It's already bad enough that you have an offensive coordinator that doesn't understand situational play calling. So the only way that you can find a way to, to overcompensate that is to really have a, a guy like Lamar um, behind center and playing. Uh, so, you know, you, you hope that he's back, but I think you and I pretty much agree that at the very least for Sunday, Adam's CMB in there. No, I, I don't either. Um, and was was the crazy thing is the Ravens aren't playing great football right now. Right. Dakota. They're not playing great football. Um, but their defense is playing good enough. Uh it's they're not playing great, but they're playing good enough to win these games. Um, and they're able to really run the ball right now. So those two things working in their favor gives them a shot in the playoffs. It gives them a shot to be in the games. You add Lamar and the the passing game has been pretty much dry all year. That's with or without Lamar. But you add Lamar in there, I would assume the passing game is going to be better than it is right now. Um, And maybe that's what you need. You need the passing game to be just a little bit better and also mix in Lamar's runs with how good the running backs are running the ball right now. You might have something. Uh, right there but again Lamar's running ability is going to be impacted with him dealing with this knee issue if he can't go out there and really be uh, the Lamar Jackson that we know mobility wise I mean it's you're almost getting them at 50% off yeah that's very true so we will find out what's going on but if I had to be a betting person I'd put this on my parlay that Lamar probably won't start uh, on Sunday's game, which they flex, by the way, and I, right. that's a, that's a, an issue that I got too. But you know what? I won't I won't gripe about that on here. I will talk about that <laughs> somewhere else <laughs> because that 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 annoyed the mess out of me. But here we go. Uh, so uh, before we get into our last segment, have you subscribed to the Winning Drive podcast? If not, please hit the subscribe button so you can hear all of the latest news from Cordell and me. All right. So the playoff picture is starting to shape up a little bit, Cordell. Um, You know, we're starting to see who's going to make their way into the playoffs. Now there's one spot that appears to still be open and that's the seventh spot, which ironically the Miami dolphins are currently in and they're in a situation where um, there's a lot of uncertainty. Um, Tua was just put back into um, concussion protocol, and a lot of people are starting to ask for Tua to sit out the rest of the season, even though you know they're in a playoff hunt. Um, their last two games are against the Patriots and the Jets, which you know, de- depending on who you ask, can potentially be winning games for them and can solidify their playoff spot. Ultimately, the rest of the the, the spots have been, uh, you know, locked in. the The seating is where the we haven't decided what it is. And so, uh, according to our buddy at the Baltimore Sun, Jonas Schaefer, he mentioned that the Ravens uh, wanted to root for the char against the Chargers last night because if they um, likely finish eleven and six, the Chargers would win a tiebreaker. Uh, for the number five seed because they have a superior AFC record. And so, you know, that would mean 
um, that the Ravens could potentially play the Bengals again um, after their Week 18 matchup. And we saw this a couple year, of, of years ago. I believe this was the first season or maybe the second season in which they implemented a seventh seed where we saw Cleveland play Pittsburgh two weeks in a row. And two weeks in a row, you saw what happened, right? Yeah. So, yeah. So, the Chargers go on and they beat the Colts. So, it just made it a little bit harder. So, we originally went from, oh, you know, the Ravens are a five seed. They'll probably play Jacksonville, it's looking like right now, because as of right now, the Jags have um, the lead in the AFC South. Well, the Chargers would potentially make that harder because they play two bad teams at the end of the season, like the Rams and the Broncos. And we already know that the Broncos just fired their head coach and then the Rams really just playing with a bunch of dudes that I don't even know. So, oh, outside of Baker Mayfield. And look, look, I know what the Rams just did to the Broncos. I'm completely aware that maybe they'd want to play and fight, but look, it's a, they're not a good football team either. So it's very possible that the Chargers will find a way to win that football game. So, you know, I feel like, look, it, you got to try to find a way to win these last two games if you're the Ravens and hope that the Bills can find a way to, to kind of lay you up one. Because playing at home, no matter the opponent, the 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 advantage will always be – at home with your home crowd, you know what I mean? And, and and figuring out who your opponent is, hoping that maybe the weather could potentially play a role, you know, all of these different things. And so at first I was like, Jacksonville to me is a formidable matchup if they have to go to the road. Now, if you're telling me that I got to play the Bengals two weeks in a row, <laughs> well, yeah. I would much rather play them at home if I got to do that than play them in Cincinnati two weeks in a row. Oh, definitely. Uh, you would you would really like to avoid the Bengals in the play in the first round completely, uh, if if you can, um, for sure. But you know they they got to play whoever whoever's in their way, um, and ultimately none of that will matter if you know the Ravens can continue to win. If nothing else, if the Ravens went out, the Ravens will keep that fifth seed and they'll get to play the winner of the AFC uh, South. Things only change if the Chargers, if the Ravens fall to the Steelers or the Bengals, and the Chargers went out. I'm still not completely sold on the Chargers. They're beating up on bad teams right now. Right. They've right. got two bad teams left on their schedule. So yeah, I mean, I understand thinking that they're going to be the ones to win both of those games, but they could easily uh, drop a game, if not two, uh, against those teams because they're not great um, themselves. Yeah, uh, but like I said, the Ravens ultimately—they just got to go out there and win. They got to go out there and win. Uh, you definitely don't want to have to play Cincinnati back-to-back weeks, um, especially considering both of those games will be in Cincinnati. That's not what you want to do. Um, you want to give yourself the best chance to be able to to have sustainability in the playoffs, and that's to get you as favorable of a matchup as possible. Now, the thing is, you know, um, they play against. The four seed, they play Jacksonville. Then they, if if they were to beat Jacksonville, then what? They would play uh, maybe the either probably the Chiefs or the uh, the Bengals right after that. I gotta I gotta see how the standings 
uh, would shake up because two plays seven, three plays six, four plays five. Um, and then, yeah, actually, they, they may end up playing the the Bills. Uh, but it, either way, if they win in the wild card, their, their next matchup isn't going to be easy, no matter who they play. Um, so, yeah, they may be able to sneak one past the Jaguars if they get them in the first round. But you're going to have to play some real teams uh, after that. And ultimately, you know, if you want to win the Super Bowl, it, it's not about ducking and dodging opponents. You got to play who you play and you got to beat whoever's in front of you. Um, and the Ravens are going to have to play a lot better than what they're playing right now if they really want to have sustainability in the playoffs. That's just really what it boils down to right now. Uh, hey, look. The uncertainty of the quarterback situation and who's going to play and the way that the defense has not really rushed the passer, like you mentioned um, in previous weeks, makes this interesting. And I agree with you. The Chargers are too inconsistent to me, um, you know, given all the talent that they have. And look, I know that they were dealing with injuries, so people will sit here and say, well, they were, you know, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. and You know, <laughs> look, the Ravens have... 10 wins and never had a Keenan Allen or Mike Williams. So I'm really not sure what you want me to say to that. You know what I'm saying? Um, that's no excuse to me. Uh, and that says a lot about coaching and that says a lot about potentially with the guys that you do have. So I agree with you. Like, I'm not really sure. Look, the Broncos don't have Nathaniel Hackett no more. And maybe the last two weeks, whoever comes in wants to try to get some type of – oh, it's actually um, Jerry Rossberg, former yeah. Ravens special yeah. team coach. If Rossberg wants to really, you know, try to be a head coach somewhere, which I don't know what he, what he wants to do. Well, if he wants to make a mark, he can really be saying, well, let, all right, they're in the playoffs, but I ain't trying to help them with a seating position. We're going to go out there and fight. We're going to do the best that we can. So I, I don't expect either team to just lay over and let the Chargers win simply because they're not doing good. Right. Um, you know, but it, it's it's it really is interesting how to feel about this because it's you want to be like, why well, we'll play anybody. That that sounds good. Right. <laughs> that sounds good. But ultimately, you're not well equipped mm -hmm. um, as the Ravens organization, team, roster, whatever. You're not well equipped to play against better teams like the Chiefs, like the Bills. Yes, I understand that the Bills won with zero, zero, zero remaining on the clock. But that was a lifetime ago. And the Ravens have descended since then. And I don't necessarily want to say that the, the Bills have ascended because I've seen them struggle as well. I've seen them play games that they've struggled too. Mm -hmm. The problem is, is that it, is that their dissension isn't, isn't what we've seen with the Ravens. At least they're getting the touchdowns to their wide receivers at the very least. So, you know, it's, it's, you, it does matter. Seeding does matter. And, you know, if the Ravens are going feel like that they're going to have to play the Bengals, you'd much rather have to play the Bengals at home than play them in Cincinnati. I mean, that's how I see that. You can hopefully get the home crowd behind you. You know, you can get some intangibles that – and I know that this season hasn't really said a lot about home field advantage because they've lost a few games at home. But there's never going to be a, a day where you don't think playoffs and home field – doesn't somewhat work in your favor. Um, you really have to just hope on a couple of things. Like I said, you hope that the Chargers find a way to lose 
at least the Broncos game, right? Because based on Jonas's tweet, they have the AFC advantage, which means the Broncos is the game that they need to lose, right? I mean, I, you know, obviously you want them to lose both, but you don't see that happening. But if they do lose, you want it to be against the Broncos. That's how I see that, period. Um, but it, you, you got the Ravens have to just do their thing. They have to find a way to win out. Uh, it ain't going to be easy. No one said it was going to be easy, particularly when you're seeing the way that the Bengals are playing right now. It's not going to be easy. And add the fact that the Steelers are not out of contention, by the way. You thought that the, the Raiders really did us did not do us a solid, quite frankly. Um, because had they lost, they probably would have been out of contention. Well, they won. And so there's still a, 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 a slither of chance that the Steelers, so you know that they're going to play hard right. on Sunday night. And the league does too, which is why they flexed it. But yeah. They the Ravens just gotta find they have to do their part, which is finding a way to win these last two football games and hoping that the universe is kind to them and allows them to get a better opportunity when the playoffs come. And while Jacksonville may be the the favorable matchup, is I mean, even that's gonna be tough. Jacksonville has already yep. beaten them. We've seen the way Jacksonville has played over the last couple of weeks. Trevor Lawrence is clearly in a groove. This offense is is booming. Right now, 400 yards passing, they're scoring points, they're getting big plays, you know, they're, they're making it happen. And their defense is forcing turnovers. The defense is playing good enough right now. So going back to Jacksonville, it, it, it may not be the blessing that they think it is. You know, it, it, at this time of year, uh, whoever gets in the playoffs is a good team. I don't care what the record is, to be honest with you, um, because that record is a, it shows what their win-loss situation has been all year but it doesn't tell the whole story it doesn't tell you when you look at their record that Jacksonville has been one of the hotter teams uh over the last month or so so you got to be careful when you're going up against a team that's kind of humming at the right time um and you can't overlook anybody in the playoffs Uh, so the Ravens are going to have to get used to playing 64 minutes of football they haven't done a great job of that this year blowing a couple of leads, one of them against Jacksonville. Um, So, you know, come playoff time, they're going to have to actually put teams away that can they do that? Can they even get a lead to put teams away? (laughs) Scoring points has been, you know, uh, a tough thing for them to do over the last month. So if they, they're going to have to score more than what they're doing, they're going to have to get to the quarterback more than what they're doing. And they're going to have to close out games better than what they've been doing. And the thing is, it's crazy. You know, you see how the Ravens have, have been, their record since Lamar has um, been out. And they've won three. They lost one. And, that, look, that's an amazing feat because we saw a year ago what they were like without Lamar. They weren't able to win down the stretch without him being there. But even with that said, Cordell, that three and one, it don't feel like it. I can't explain it. But it doesn't feel like three and one. Uh, you know, anybody else would be like, wow, we were able to manage, you know, getting out of, of some some games without our starting quarterback. And look, that's a great I, I am not trying to take that away. That's a great feat. I'm never going to say that that's not a great feat. However, it doesn't feel like it. That's yeah. all I'm saying. It just it's kind of like it's kind of like it, it, the Ravens made the playoffs. And I don't know, does it feel like people are excited about it? You know what I'm saying? Not really. 
I think I think people look at this team and it's kind of hard to imagine that they're going to have much success in the playoffs. That's the reality. It's yeah. it's tough to really see it. I mean, um, it's great to win games. You're never really going to complain about winning football games, but you, you look at the big picture and yeah, what would beat Atlanta may not beat, you know, a playoff team, you know, that that's really what it boils down to your performances against some of these bottom of the barrel teams that you're facing down the stretch. They're not going to cut it in January when you're going up against a team that is won their division or, a, you know, a team that's, that's been hot over the last month or something like that. But, you know, the, ble- the, the one thing could be, can the, will the Ravens play up to their competition? Will, yeah. will this, will the step up in competition force them to kind of be at their best? Um, that's not something you really want to depend on. You want to obviously be at your best every time you go on a football field, but whatever works, whatever works at this time of year, get it, find a way to get it done. And that's the one thing I can take as a positive from this team. No, yeah. it has not been pretty for the most part, but to go out there and win without your best player, go three and one without your best player right now, it says something about this team. I mean, it says something that they have found a bunch of different ways to win. They've also found a bunch of different ways to lose. Um, but, you know, this time of year is when you have to, uh, be able to win games when you're not necessarily playing your best. You have to be able to win those tug of war types of games in the playoffs. It's not all going to be rosy. Um, so that's the one thing you could kind of hang your hat on as a Ravens fan is the fact that you know your team doesn't necessarily have to play their best football to win games. And it's crazy, you know, we've been very critical of coaching all year and rightfully so, right? Um, but, you know, with so much on the field dysfunction and so much off the field chatter in terms of Lamar for them to be where they are to me is quite frankly, a little is quite frankly, amazing. And add the fact that there's at least four games of the five losses that they had in which they were in control and they just simply, you know, took the the foot off the gas or some injuries happened that kind of forced them to, to not be in a great position to win those football games, but they've been in every single game. And, and that's, (laughs) Again, as critical as we can be about coaching, sometimes you got to give coaching their flowers too. That's a big part of how they've gotten there. It says a lot about how resilient they are. And um, so that is, I agree with you. That's the one positive that you can really gain from this is that, you know, somehow they found a way to, to, to keep it together good enough to the point where they were able to, to have a playoff berth. So, you know, uh, kudos to them for that. And then I'm, we're still going to be critical because I ain't going to never stop doing that. But I do have to get props for where props is due. They, they could have unraveled and they found a way to stay the course and win some football games without their best player on the football field. And you really can't ask for anything more. So we want to thank you all for listening to the podcast. On Friday, we will preview the matchup um, against the Steelers who just don't want to go anywhere dog they just don't want to go anywhere like 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 just a month ago they were like in a position to have a top five pick now they're like sitting outside the playoffs and i'm annoyed by that okay so we're gonna we're gonna talk about what potentially this game is going to be like um on new year's day and uh, we'll give you our predictions hopefully cordell Although you struggled a couple weeks, Corey. Yeah, I, I mean, your I overall record is still t- is still good enough for me to have some faith in you. I gave up <laughs> on myself a long time ago, so. 
Yeah, I've been struggling <laughs> these last couple of weeks. Uh, I mean, I think we both chose Atlanta. Well, we did. Baltimore to, to beat Atlanta. Score wasn't exactly right. I mean, I had 17-16. Ravens got the 17 for me. Uh, Atlanta couldn't, couldn't get that other touchdown. But, yeah, uh, hopefully, I mean – preliminary i feel i feel pretty good about this game but we'll definitely see how it how it goes as we get closer all right so we'll see if cordell changes his mind by friday hopefully he still got some good juju in there and he won't and i'll give you my prediction as well thank you everyone for listening so from cordell to me this is winning drive